The entire communication network of America has now been put on notice. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday, February the 26th. I want to welcome you to the program. This is End Time Headlines, news and headlines from a prophetic perspective. Of course, I'm your host, Ricky Scaparro, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. And listen, we want to welcome everybody to the broadcast. Of course, if this is your first time joining us, we want to welcome you to the program. Uh, let us know in the comment section below or whatever platform you're listening from that you're new, where you guys are joining us from. Listen, we've got a lot of announcements I want to give you. Um, we'll, I want to, we'll make those at the end of this program, but there's a couple that I need to make right now. First of all, um, if you are coming from Facebook, I know a lot of people used to watch us and stream. Uh, they used to watch us stream, excuse me, from Facebook, our platform there at our Facebook In Time Headlines page. Um, and you're coming over here from Facebook and migrating. We want to let you know that not only are we no longer streaming there, but we're no longer sharing our content there. They've completely put us in the red. They've warned us if we get one more strike, they're going to put completely unpublish our page. So <clears throat> to preserve the page, we want to keep it up there to make announcements pretty much. And that's it. We're not, uh, as far as content goes, all of our content is now being shared across other networks. One of them, I want to encourage you if you've not joined is our telegram channel. Um, in the description of this video, there's a link where which you can join our Telegram page. And then we have a ETH Church community page. Both of these are great. Both going to be full with, they're going to be filled with information from our podcast to our headlines. And then, of course, the community page is where you can come and you can gather as a group, as an ecclesia, as a church with other brothers and sisters and uh, that are like-minded. And it's a great place of fellowship. So I want to encourage you. If you're coming from Facebook and you want to continue to have that that fellowship uh, and that information available to you, why don't you come over here to our Telegram page? Again, no censorship, no shadow banning, no suppression. Um, it is wonderful to have that kind of freedom. So again, you can find this all in the description of this video. We'll leave the links there. And of course, guys, don't forget to download our free app. It's going to be available on Apple and Android devices. If you go to your store, whatever that looks like for you, download our free app, hit yes to push notifications. And all this is going to do is get it, give you an extra layer of security to let you know that where you're going to find us. If, if you, uh, if you value our uh, content and our podcasts and our headlines, this is how you're going to keep up with this telegram, our main app, please get it today. Um, again, subscribe to us, hit that like button, hit that bell notification here on YouTube, on rumble. So we're out there just because we're not on Facebook guys, doesn't mean our ministry is not up and running. We're going full throttle out there, but we're just sick and tired of the suppression, shadow banning, censorship, and the tyranny of these big tech, uh, networks in these, in these platforms. So, Again, want to give all that information out to you. So now today, I want to talk a little bit about what happened last week. Of course, we Wednesday we made the announcement that we were going to be heading out of town. 
I went out of town uh, with my family, and we've got a joke that we always say that if anything and everything's going to happen, it's going to happen the day after we make the announcement that we're not going to be pro- we, we're not going to be broadcasting. And that's exactly what happened. Everything was great Wednesday. Everything was fine. We broadcasted Wednesday night. And then, of course, Thursday, we're literally heading out Thursday morning to a, for a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and all of our phones say SOS. And then, of course, we had already I found out that uh, you know the entire uh, AT&T network, uh, among others, uh, T-Mobile was involved in this, I believe, uh, and some others uh, shared networks that was that was affected by this. But all the the communications went down. People lost their minds, and it, by this time it was you know it went on what a few hours, and then finally they resolved it, and then. This just fueled speculations of cyber. Uh, uh, was it a cyber attack? Was it, you know, this? Was it a dry run? What happened? So that happened. And then there was other things that happened. So what I want to do today, I want to take you on a little journey and a little timeline. And I want to talk about how there was three major events that transpired last week on Thursday. All of these happened on Thursday within a 24-hour period. Three major events that I believe put America and the West on high notice how vulnerable our entire communication infrastructure really and truly is and how truly unprepared people are. Now, before we get into that, I want to take you on a little journey on memory lane and I want to refresh your memory on some things because, guys, everything You know, we should not be unaware of these things. If and when these things happen, we all of us should not be caught off guard, especially you guys, our audience, our end time headlines, podcast audience, and even our readers. You guys should be informed of this. You should be on the forefront of this. You should be in the knowing on this, because listen, if you've been keeping up with what we've been sharing with you. And warning you, you would know this. For example, remember the report? We uh, we put this out on our main website. We talked about this on multiple podcasts. But the, the current sitting FBI director, Christopher Wray, has warned over and over again that China cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure, howbeit the communications infrastructure, is now... Not will be, could be, should be, maybe. He says it is now at an unprecedented scale. Again, the level of attacks coming from China itself, <clears throat> allegedly. Again, <clears throat> I'm just telling you what they're telling us. They're warning us. Listen what he says here. Described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago. I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm 
to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. Wow. Guys, that's a lot right there, what he just said. So again, did you notice he named every infrastructure, the communications, water supply, transportation, all of these infrastructures. And he said that China is actively preparing. Now keep that in mind, in the back of your mind. I want you to keep all this in mind because, again, as we move along today in this podcast, keep all this in the back of your mind. They are preparing. So, in other words, watch this. I'm going to use an illustration here. If you are on a, uh, we're get, we're getting ready to go into we're we're heading into baseball season here, and we're big Atlanta Braves fans here in the in the state of Georgia, and before we get into the real play, before we get into the regular season play, there is what's called spring training. This is where you get out, you get you get the guys out on the field. They warm up. They toss the ball around. They find out their weaknesses. They find out their strengths. They come together in unity. They get all the kinks worked out in hopes that when the real thing is being played out, that it will be smooth and it will go as accordingly and as they planned and hoped for. So we like to call this in, uh, in the vernacular in which we're speaking on terms here, we could say that and we could expect that there would likely be what we would call dry runs. Now, according to basic definition of a dry run, it is a test or a rehearsal for a public presentation or procedure. Let me say that again. It's a test or rehearsal for a public presentation or procedure. So I'm going to ask you a question today, and we I probably should ask this question in about 25, 30 minutes from now, but I'm going to ask you now, and then I'll probably reiterate this again, and we'll come back and visit this again. Could it be possible that what we just experienced on Thursday, and I don't mean just the telephone communications network or the communications network or infrastructure Was that a part of a rehearsal on a small scale for a larger event that is coming? Again, question mark. Hit me up in the chat. Let me know down there on YouTube or on Rumble or wherever you're watching us from. What is your thoughts on this? We did a poll on this on our Telegram channel. And the majority believed that what happened on Thursday despite what AT&T's official narrative was, was they believed, again, this was the according to the poll, that they believed this was some type of a cyber attack. Now, could, again, not the big, not the big thing. Because if it was the big, big thing, and this was the main event, if you would, then it wouldn't just be AT&T and their communications going down, it would be Verizon, it would be T-Mobile, it would be Cricket Mobile, it would be all the all of the communications would go down. So now, since we're going back and we're we've got our scrapbook open and we're looking, we're going down memory lane. I want to remind you of another warning that we got last year in 2023 about this year, 2024. Do y'all remember this? 
Again, this was published on November of 2023. This is from the DailyMail.com for you guys that are listening by Apple by Spotify. <clears throat> excuse me. Earth will be bombarded by intense solar storms next year. That's the year we're in now, 2024. Scientists predict that we will reach the solar maximum in 2024 with flares strong enough to cripple the world's internet for weeks. Stop. Now, guys, again, we just seen a hit on a, you know, on one major cell phone network. We've not seen a major hit on internet infrastructure yet on this level of communication. Cause this, we would classify this as still communications, but we've not, we've not been hit like that yet. Begin, but again, uh, these quote unquote experts, NASA scientists, whatever they have warned that every 11 years or so, the sun goes to what is known as the solar maximum. Now, Here's what's interesting. If you guys have been listening to our podcast, we talked about this. They believed that this was going to happen around in April of this year, but it happened a lot quicker than they anticipated. So right now, as we speak, we are currently present in still in this solar maximum. Now, uh, when this happens, when we get into this quote unquote solar maximum, this is when these dark spots appear on the surface of the sun and they develop into what we call coronal mass ejections. Now, the as the as this thing shifts and it moves, the uh if the sun is directed at the earth. And it releases one of these CMEs. They call these uh, these X-class solar flares. They have warned that this could cause massive disruptions on the Earth. Potentially damaging satellites, disrupting the internet, and knocking out communication infrastructure and, and water infrastructure. Because all that runs off electric. It completely cripples the grid. I want to read this quote. Uh, we'll pull this up here on the screen so you can read along with us. The most intense storms can sometimes result in catastrophic orbital decay, or excuse me, decay of low Earth orbiting satellites and disrupt satellite-based services such as communications. There it is. And navigational networks. Quote, they can also introduce strong disturbances in the geomagnetic field, tripping electric power grids located in high latitude regions. All right, now I'm going to show you something else too. Look up here at the top for you guys that are watching. <clears throat> this is directly from the WEF World Economic Forum website. Now, I did not highlight this. They highlighted this. Now, look what it says here. Now, look up over here. Um, this was published, by the way, on November 2023 is when they published this. Look what it reads here. Quote, prevailing geopolitical uncertainty, a looming economic crisis and rapid advances in transformative technologies such as generative AI have had a significant impact on cybersecurity. 
Now, remember, what are we talking about? These are all warnings prior to the events that transpired that has been transpiring, especially like what happened on Thursday. Let me read this quote. This is evidence in the World Economic Forum report. Global Cybersecurity Outlook 2023, where the vast majority of cyber and business leaders think it, listen to this quote, moderately likely or very likely that global geopolitical instability will lead to a far-reaching catastrophic cyber event in the next two years. Stop. Again, this was published last year, and I'm going to read that again. It is very likely that global geopolitical instability will lead to a far-reaching catastrophic cyber event in the next two years. Guys, this is directly from the World Economic Forum itself. They are telling you. Again, did you hear what Brother Ricky said at the beginning of this? If you're caught with your pants down when it comes to this stuff, that is on you, not us. We're the watchmen and we're sounding the alarm. We've been every week. We're giving you this information. These guys are putting this all out there in the, in the, uh, in the public square, letting it known, letting it be known that we expect this to happen. It is evident. It is imminent. And then they even have the audacity to put a timeline within the next two years. So 2023, you go two years out, that's 2025. So we're right in the middle of that timeline. And what we just saw last Thursday is not the event. Again, it could be a rehearsal, but it is not the big show, the big event. The main event, I believe that's still coming. All right, according to reports, FBI and Homeland Security are urgently, they're continuing ongoing investigation whether the AT&T outage was, a, was indeed a cyber attack. And here's what I find interesting. Security experts tell DailyMail.com that, quote, it has all the hallmarks of a hack. The report says that while the agencies have not shared the details, a security expert has told DailyMail.com that the outage has hallmarks of a hack. Lee McKnight, an associate professor at Syracuse University in New York, said the widespread nature appears to be a massive, disrupted denial of service, which is a DDoS attack on core internet infrastructure. This type of attack attempts to crash a website or online services by bombarding it with a torrent of superfluous requests at exactly the same time. The surge of simple requests overload the servers, causing them to become overwhelmed and shut down. All right, stop. This is exactly what the same experts believe. Remember in the beginning of when we went into the new year of 2023, this same thing happened to our airline industry. Remember all the airliners that were shut down? Who was that? Was it United? I think it was United Airlines that got hit with that. And they, and, and all the, there's all these experts came forth and said, this was a, this had the hallmarks of this type of cyber uh, uh, attack. But yet then they quickly came and scrubbed that and said, no, 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 no. This was just a quote computer glitch in the system. Well, guys, 
they it seems like they're doing that again with this. Now, look, I'm not here to tell you that it absolutely was a cyber attack or it was. Let me just give you AT&T's official narrative. Now, again, according to AT&T, a software update glitch. Let me say that again. A software update glitch is what they're blaming for this entire service outage. Uh, and they're even crediting AT&T uh, customers with a $5 credit. Now, listen, guys, I, we've had AT&T for years. And I'll be honest with you, practically speaking, I wouldn't doubt that they would make such a harebrained mistake as this. I mean, think about who does a software update and it shuts down the whole network. I mean, who didn't, it's like, really? Who dropped the ball on this? Who didn't see this through? Who didn't uh, carefully go through all this with a fine tooth comb? I would definitely not want to, especially in airline industry, for example, I would not want to do a software update and cause my entire airline industry to be shut down. You would think people would think this through this this kind of gives me the credence to believe that this is not the official up the, uh, narrative, that this is not truly what happened, that this is just, again, something to say, hey, guys, you know, don't look at this. Don't listen to the conspiracy theorists. Uh, we know we've got a... Um, We've got to calm people down. We don't want any, uh, you know, people freaking out. So let's just tell them it was a software update. Now, according to the report, over 70,000 users across the U.S., including yours truly, we were affected by this, and even parts of Canada during its peak was all disrupted in their service as an unspecified coding error was uh, again, this is what they're blaming this is, and quote, not a cyber attack. Quote, based on initial review, we believe that today's outage was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process used as we were expanding our network. All right, guys, here's more on this. TNT now revealing that they caused the cellular calamity that knocked out service to countless customers nationwide. They say they made a mistake when they tried to expand the network and say it was not a cyber attack. But as WBZ's Julie McDonald shows us tonight, it was a wake-up call for a lot of people. Well, as AT&T customers with service restored lay their heads to rest tonight, some of them may be clutching onto these after this stressful day apart. Others, though, experiencing a bit of a wake-up call. What did we do before? It's, that's interesting, the, the terms they keep using, wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. Please. Honestly, it felt like home alone. I was running through the airport. We were, must have just been, like, completely missing each other. It felt, like, very, like like apocalyptic, you know, um, in like, really another, another key word here, you know, the, the most, uh, first world way. When Dawn Perry landed at Logan airport, first thing Thursday morning, she was confused. Her calls and texts unanswered and her dependable dad nowhere to be found. I just thought to myself, the best chance I have is to, you know, go out into the cell phone lot and go through all the different rows and Hopefully, I run into my dad's car and I can just stay put. Dad! All across the country, AT&T users found themselves without service and forced to figure things out the old-fashioned way. We've seen these outages before in the southeast a couple years ago. We've never seen anything this big. We always have to be worried about attacks on critical infrastructure, in particular, 
ones that impact our communications. The widespread mm. outage does have people reconsidering what they do in an emergency. Nearly three quarters of adults live in households without a landline. State police did post that many 911 centers were flooded with calls and you. That's a good point there, guys. We, I, I literally just had this discussion with a. Um, I want to say it, it may have been a representative at one of these phone companies. It may have been at AT&T, a matter of fact. And we talked about how nobody has ground phone lines anymore. Uh, do, hit me. Let me know in the chat. Do you have a ground phone line? Now, some of you guys are probably going to say, yeah, yeah, we've had, you know, now watch. I'll be shocked and see how many people has ground phone line and we don't. But you know what? This has made me kind of think, you know, maybe I should get a ground phone line. That's a good point. They make a good point because because, again, if this was to happen, what are you going to do, guys? Now, their argument is, well, you if you go somewhere, you can use Wi-Fi calling. But w- that's great if you're in the city and you're somewhere where there is access to Wi-Fi. But if you're out in the middle, I can tell you right now, guys, this past weekend, I was up in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia and there was no Wi-Fi. There were, in some of the places I was in, there was no stores that provided Wi-Fi. There was no Internet. So this this wouldn't work there. So that's not the go-to all for this. But again, wake-up calls. These are these, these things are getting us. And think about it. What did we do? It makes you really wonder, what did we do? I came out of the 80s. I came out of the 90s. We didn't have phones. We just kind of knew where everybody was at. We knew how to get in, in touch with everybody. We knew how to get a hold of our families. Um, you know, this newer generation, they, they you know, my, my children, your kids, your grandchildren, they have no clue. Remember when there was uh, phone booths? When do we need to? We we should bring back phone booths. Have these things put in places throughout. You know, just like you put up cell towers, put up phone booths in the event of emergencies. So, uh, you know, the government shouldn't put it all on us. But there's things that they could do as well to help out in these situations. So it's interesting. Um, it's it it's definitely got us all thinking. It's got everybody alert now, and, and, and that's the whole key. That's what we need to do. We need to be paying attention to what's going on. Users should not test their phones by dialing that number. And the FCC did contact AT&T about the outage. The Department of Homeland Security and the FBI also looking into what happened. And I'm pretty sure they're going to come back with the same narrative. They're going to rule it out and say, no, this was not a cyber attack. This was a computer glitch, software update glitch, whatever the case. Now, everybody was focused on the phone communication collapse. While that was going on, there were some other things that took place the same very the, the very same day that uh, these massive cell phone outages was taking place. Here's something that a lot of, of you guys may have not known. And that is that pharmacies nationwide experienced massive delays as a major healthcare tech company was struck by a cyber attack. Now, again, this was the same day that all the phones from that AT&T's network conveniently went down. These pharmacies nationwide was struck by this. News alert, and it's troubling. Pharmacies all across the country are having trouble processing some prescriptions because of a cyber attack targeting Change Healthcare, one of the largest healthcare tech companies there are. The company says it is addressing the breach, but some hospitals already reported problems. 
Carl Zabo is a VP and general counsel for NetChoice and a professor of internet law at George Mason's University Scalia Law School, and he joins us now. Thanks so much uh, for being here, Carl. So what's ha what happened here? How extensive was this cyber attack, and, and is it still ongoing? Yeah, we're still finding it out. Most cyber attacks take about 280 days to actually trace where they are, what happened. We have learned that this is likely a foreign encounter. But the main concern that I'm seeing... Whoa, stop. It takes roughly about 280 days, yet they were able to determine in the same day that this was a cyber attack, but yet they're looking into the AT&T outage. They're looking into, or they looked into, and it took forever for them to come back and tell us the official narrative of the, um, the, the outage of by that was that experienced from United Airlines back in 2023. Isn't that, is anybody else think that's interesting? It's like some things they can, oh, well, we know this was a cyber attack. This is absolutely a cyber attack. But then the other things that are more blatantly obvious they come back and say, well, we can't jump to conclusions, and it's probably this, it's a glitch, it's this. Okay, sure. thing is, these cyber attacks continue to increase, and the government is just going to try and pass the buck. Less than 0.05% of cyber attacks get prosecuted. That means 99%, 99% of cyber attacks go unprosecuted. So the cyber attacks are going That's to crazy. continue, and somebody is dropping the ball, and in this case, it's the government. Ouch. Right. And Carl, this is separate from the cell phone outage yesterday. We don't know what caused that. AT&T and the other companies haven't said. But this, according to United Healthcare, they are blaming a nation state. Now, stop. Notice he said yesterday because they reported this on Friday, but the actual attack took place on Thursday. Just wanted to clarify that. Okay. If, if you say nation state, that sounds like it could be it, it could be uh, Korea, North Korea, obviously, it could be Russia, it could be China. Our Intel community would know who it is. But the question is, does our administration have the fortitude to go after them? Yeah, unfortunately, the answer is no to that question. I mean, this isn't right. new. We saw Sony get hacked by North Korea. We saw the Colonial Pipeline shut down just a couple years ago with these ransomware attacks. We're seeing ransomware attacks against our hospitals. What we need is law enforcement to go out and do its job. We need less talk, more prosecutions, and we need the government to stand up. It's like going to a convenience store and blaming the store for being empty or not securing their stuff enough. No, we need to go yeah. and prosecute the criminals. Yeah. So, Carl, describe what this exactly means. I mean, if you're an elderly person and or if you're taking care of your mom, you need to go to the pharmacy to go pick. Now, think about this, guys. We, you know, everybody's freaking out about the cell phone things, but think about this. If, if pharmacies and hospitals and, and, and clinics are completely shut down, think about the repercussions of that. That's what she's getting ready to talk about here on the pharmaceutical aspect of this, not being able to get your medications, your prescriptions. And again, you, you know, for you guys that may not be on prescriptions, but think about people that are the elderly or you, you may rely on something. Maybe you're diabetic, whatever the case may be. This is huge pick up her medicine and it's not there. I mean, this could be a matter of life and death, correct? Yes, it absolutely scares me. Uh, my, my brother has a rare disease. He needs his medicine all the time. And the thing is, we need to take it upon ourselves to protect ourselves. Simple things that we can do, and I talk to community centers all the time about this. Make sure you secure your personal email. Use unique passwords. Mm -hmm. 
activate two-factor authentication, because until the government steps up and starts doing its job, we need to secure ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Carl, Absolutely. quick answer question. They say it's a nation-state threat. Who do you think it is? I know you're speculating, but who do you think it is? I mean, it's the usual players, and this is why America needs to continue to be the leader in technological dominance in the world. We gave away our energy independence. We cannot give away our technological independence. That's an interesting term he used. It's the usual players. You know, it's always Russia. They're, they're always the boogeyman. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran. They're, these are the boogeyman. It can never be our own government, though, right? There can never be, uh, it can never come from uh, an internal uh, player. It can never come from an internal source with, in, uh, with malicious intent because, uh, you know, hey, just because these elites and these organizations are coming out there telling you what the next thing that's coming down the road, it really makes you stop and ponder and think. All right, so we had, we had the phone outage. We had uh, the pharmaceutical industry got struck, got hit with a cyber attack. Then again, we and now remember, we warned you about all these things at the beginning. We took you on this little uh, memory lane of things that they've been warning about. Here's something else that many of you guys may not have been aware of. Look at this headline. Powerful twin solar flares erupt from the sun as cell phone outages spike across the U.S. Whoa. Quote, it remains unclear if there's a connection between the two events. Oh, no. Another narrative? Another angle? So now we have three angles. Was it a cyber attack? Was it a glitch? Or was it solar flares? Again, inquiring minds would like to know. And we're never going to know. Well, I don't think we're truly ever going to know what it was. But remember Again, what are we talking about here? We should be prepared for this. It doesn't matter if it comes from the heavens, it come, if it comes from some government, if it comes from a foreign player that's involved, an, an enemy of our nation, it comes from a homeland security threat, a homegrown uh, terrorism, a terrorist, a, a, a hackers, it comes from a computer glitch, a software update. It doesn't matter. We have been warned about this. According to this report, two outbursts from the sun occurred as widespread cell phone outages were reported throughout the U.S. on Thursday, February 22nd. Two powerful solar flares erupted from the sun on the evening of Wednesday, the 21st, and during the early morning of Thursday, the 22nd. An X1.8 class flare occurred at 6.07 p.m. Eastern on the 21st, and another X1.7 uh, flare erupted on 1.32 a.m. on the 22nd of February. The flares erupted from a region of the sun that continues to exhibit strong magnetic complexity. Again, this was from the NOAA who gave this official statement about these events. And guys, I almost forgot to talk about this. I said three events, but there, well, let's, we're going to put a fourth one. So we'll say four events, four events that transpire. Now, I thought this was, I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought this was interesting. Within, again, within a 24-hour period, 24, we'll say even 48-hour, within that time frame, that window, it wasn't even really 48 hours. It was probably more like 32 hours, somewhere around there. 
of all things that could happen, again, remember, keep this in mind, cell phone outages, solar flares erupting, cyber attacks, and then we had this. Bold in the skies over the U.S. after a Breaking news, U.S. fighter jets scrambled in the skies over the U.S. after reports of a high-altitude balloon flying over the western United States. Really? This again? Are we doing this again? Let, let's go Tonight, on here. a U.S. official now confirming that NORAD aircraft intercepted the balloon some 40,000 feet over Utah. The balloon described as about 50 feet tall, carrying a small payload about two feet square. Stop. What did he say again? Let's listen to this again. Intercepted the balloon some 40,000 feet over Utah. The balloon was 40,000 feet above Utah, was intercepted by fighter jets, and... The balloon described as about 50 feet tall, carrying a small payload about two feet square. 50 feet tall. A 50-foot balloon with a payload over Utah that triggered jet fighters to intercept it. Okay, so how did this end? What, what was this all about? Was this another quote-unquote Chinese spy balloon? Was, or was this, uh, uh, remember what they said? Oh, well, this was just, um, uh, this was just balloons from, you know, a, uh, an auto sales lot. Remember when Biden came out and said, well, we intercepted a lot of balloons, but they turned out to be a science project. Or they turned out to be just garbage or balloons from car lots. Well, what was this one? The incident, of course, coming a year after that Chinese surveillance balloon was spotted over the U.S. and then shot down off the coast of South Carolina days later. Tonight, of course, the main question, who is behind this balloon? Authorities releasing a statement just a short time ago and our chief White House correspondent, Mary Bruce, leading us off tonight. Tonight in the skies above the western United States, NORAD sending up fighter jets to track a high-altitude balloon flying at 43,000 to 45,000 feet. An official tells us the balloon is some 50 feet tall with a two-foot payload, its contents unknown, and they do not believe the balloon is being steered remotely. Okay. Military first spotting it over Utah. It is now drifting east. No word on who sent the balloon, where it's going, or what its mission might be. Of course. Of course, we don't know a flipping thing, do we? This is unbelievable, guys. How could it get... Do you know that the balloon that went over, and the, one, the official Chinese spy balloon, again, that's what they're telling us, it, are you telling me it, it came from all the way from China, crossed over all of those states, went as far as it did, and we had no idea it was here? We didn't know where it came from. None of our intelligence saw it. None of our security saw it. None of our military saw it. And now they're telling us this crap again. I'm sorry, but this is ridiculous. We don't know who sent it. We don't know what it is. We don't know why. The Biden administration keenly aware it comes just a year after a Chinese spy balloon was spotted flying clear across the country. President Biden ordering it shot down off the coast of South Carolina. That balloon was much larger than the balloon currently drifting across the country. Its payload alone was the size of three buses. Tonight, the origin of this new balloon unclear, but officials telling us it does not pose a threat to national security. Stop. How do they know this? So they know this, but they, let, they just let it fly over. 
Wow. So what's the payload? What's in it? See, it's the unknowns, guys, that gets me. They'll never let us know. We, we will never know what the payload is in this balloon. We will never know uh, officially what was in the one last year either. Or what about the, uh, oh, nobody wants to talk about this, though, do they? Remember the, the silver cylindrical object? Remember that? That they shot down over a lake in, what was it, in Michigan? And they just skipped over that. They don't, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. They they went right to that Chinese balloon, but no, but they just skipped right over and hope all of us would forget about the silver metallic cylindrical object that that caused disruptions and uh, and some of the flight uh, the uh, the board of the planes and everything else. Uh, yet nobody wants to talk about that. But they shot this thing down over what was it in, uh, in um, a lake in Michigan? Y'all remember that? And yet we will never know what that was. Still a lot of questions over this. Let's get right to Mary Bruce live at the White House tonight. And Mary, another balloon, of course, spotted over the U.S. These fighter jets scrambled, as you just reported. So what's the White House saying about this tonight? Oh, please. Yes, we got to know what the White House is saying about it. Well, David, for now, they are continuing to closely track and monitor this. They've determined that as of now, this does not pose a risk to flight safety. And we're told NORAD and the FAA are closely coordinating to make sure it stays that way. In other words, let me give you the translation. Nothing to see here, folks. Let's just all move along. So, listen, guys, at the end of the day, here's what I get out of all this. This is what I put this together for you guys, and this is, what I, this is the general consensus of everything we just heard here. We have now been put on notice that our communication infrastructure is incredibly vulnerable. What is the next event? Again, was the events last Thursday and Friday a, another stinking balloon in the sky with a payload, another cyber attack, a whole massive phone outage, solar flares? Are we seeing rehearsals? Now, again, not so much the solar flares, but I'm talking about these the phone outages, the airline industry hit, the these little things that people kind of want to sweep under the rug, these stupid balloons coming over our nation that, hey, it poses no threat, nothing to see here, let's just all move on. Are these all dry runs, rehearsals, and the big event? Remember, the World Economic Forum said, they quote, it is moderately likely or very likely that global geopolitical instability will lead to a far-reaching catastrophic cyber event within the next two years. And we are, as of the time that that was published, in Switzerland, in Geneva, at the WEF forum, the, this event they had, <clears throat> this conference, we are now right dab in the middle of that time frame. So you, again, you better stay wide awake, eyes wide open, and be alert in the times and seasons of which we're in. I want to leave you with Luke 21, 28. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is surely 
drawing near. Again, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. That's going to be our main website, guys. Download our free app. It's available on Apple and Android devices. Go to your Play Store. Get it today. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be squared away. Again, if you're coming from Facebook, you love the the even here you guys on YouTube, come join us. All of us go go find us on Telegram too. There's a great community there. There's a great community here on YouTube. We've got communities all over the place where you can fellowship. Come on, whatever your flavor is. We just want you to stay in tune with us. We want you to keep in touch, fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ that are like-minded, that are alert, that are watchful, that are discerning of the times and seasons. So we got, we're creating all this for you guys. Also, we are, um, we're looking into on our app, being able to make where you can comment there and you'll see comments. A lot of you guys have said, we love the app, but there, there's just no comments. We'd like to be able to comment there and, and have a dialogue. Well, we're, we're working on that. We're trying to, we're working on that to make that happen. Also, you guys that are Android users, uh, you guys have reached out to me and said that there's some issues with the video and it won't stay open. Uh, something uh, now again, this goes over my head. Uh, if my technical, uh, if my tech team was here, he could explain it better. But uh, we're working on some uh, things to better that as well. In the when you go into the the app itself and watch the video there, we're we're working on some things there to update that and make that better as well. So listen, guys, if you enjoy our ministry. What we talk about in information, revelation, equipping, uh, all the informing, all the above. We want you to pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. That's the easiest way down there where it says donate, give through the app. Or you can go to the main website. You can give there on the main page page at endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. And when you get there, you can give by um, uh, PayPal or Venmo or Cash App or credit card. Or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen. You can make it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Now, see, guys, this, the, the, all that's, those things that we're doing to better the app and all that, that costs money. So when you guys sow into this ministry, it helps helps make that happen. Uh, you know, we again, we our ministry is, is a... Uh, a partner-supported ministry. We do not charge anything. We don't do materials, uh, merchandise. We don't do DVDs, CDs. We don't sell our messages. Our app is free. We, there's no subscription base uh, fees. There's none of that. Everything is free for you guys. All we ask is that you pray prayerfully become uh, and pray about becoming a monthly partner so that you can help uh, do what we can't do on our own, and that's get the word out and help make this ministry better and better and better. So guys, again, it's Monday, February 26th. Tomorrow, we're going to be back here Tuesday, the 27th. And for all of you guys who's been looking for an equipping, preaching, teaching message, it's coming for tomorrow, Tuesday, February 27th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So don't miss tomorrow's broadcast. It's going to be a great equipping message. Uh, I'm excited about teaching and preaching on this tomorrow night. And then, of course, uh, we'll, we're back to our regular schedule. We'll be off on Wednesday, the 28th. And then, again, we'll be back on Thursday, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Friday, Lord willing. We'll finish out the week there on Friday as well. So until then, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon.
Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.